agree to disagree with Noah Schwartz, Jack Asello, and Aiden Chard on VIC Radio Ithaca. Hello, guys. It is Aiden Chard. Alongside me is Mr. Noah Schwartz. Unfortunately, no Jack Asello today. Uh, Jack is home. We wish him the best. I hope he has a great time at home. But Noah, you're back. How you doing? I'm good. It's great to be back in the studio. Second time here for the semester, and um, got a lot of sports to talk about. So let's get right to it. Yeah, we do. It's uh, it's been a busy week in sports, uh, pro sports, college sports, all different types. But let's kick it off with Noah. This one, this one's near and dear to your heart. Uh, last night, the final game. Well, no, the fourth game of the Sweet 16 was played, and uh, it looks like Houston, Houston beat Syracuse uh, 62-46, right? So as a Syracuse fan, Noah, how, how was that game? Tell me about it. It was brutal. Uh, the Houston Cougars completely outplayed the Orange almost from start to finish of this game. Houston got up 17-5 on us, and then Syracuse ended up coming back. Uh, they ended up tying it at 20. And I can tell you the turning point in the game, I'll tell you right now, it was around three or so minutes left in the half. And the guy on Houston, he drove the ball inside, and what kind of happened was he he was indecisive about whether he wanted to pass or shoot from around the free throw line, and he ended up traveling. It was a clear travel. The refs missed it. He ends up passing the ball back out to the three-point line, and Quentin Grimes nailed the three. They go up three, 23-20, and then they ended up uh, finishing the half on a 7-0 run after that, so... 30 to 20 at halftime and the orange battled back in the second half they got it to within six i think a couple of times but they never were truly in it and at the end houston ended up running away with it but syracuse their offense was horrendous they only shot was it less than 30 percent from the field yeah, the definitely. Game. they couldn't make a three if their life depended on it. it was bad it's also worth noting that you know the, the first two games they won they won in large part off the back of incredible shooting especially from buddy Beheim. right and that just wasn't there this week uh, for, he was only, he for was whatever only, reason. He was 3 of 13 yeah. from the field total and, and 1 of 9 from the three-point Exactly. Right? He, and he couldn't get a look, and I can tell you right now, the John Giroux uh, from the Houston Cougars was the MVP of their team last night for the defense he played on Beheim. Mm-hmm. Every screen it seemed like that Beheim came off or every handoff he came around to grab, this guy was just in his face the yeah, whole time. Sure. He couldn't get an open look. There were so many times that he looked like he had a lane to drive or a or a, an open spot to shoot it, and he just couldn't get a shot off because he was just right there every time. I mean, personally, personally, I'm impressed at all that, that Syracuse was even in this position. There were debates, you know, two weeks ago about whether or not Syracuse was worthy of being in March Madness at all. Uh, you know, and then they come out there and beat two teams that were heavily favored to win, make it to the Sweet 16. That's impressive as is. It would have been nice to see a 12-11 matchup in the, in the Elite Eight. Um, but you know, sometimes sometimes it just can't happen. Uh, it was a good game. It was a good run by Syracuse, I think. It I was. Think. It was. And and Houston, I actually felt pretty good about Syracuse coming into this game. But Houston, that defense was phenomenal, as I said. And mm-hmm. they didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but they shot it better than the Orange did. And they just made enough plays at the end of the game in order to just secure it to close it out. And they are going to beat the Oregon State Beavers. I'm telling you right now. That's that's a really really good team. And I think Calvin Sampson's going to take them to a Final Four, and they're going to—I hope so. That's, they're that's going to be a threat playing. to whoever they face uh, once they get there, because that defense, man. I mean, 
Yeah. They are in top five nationally in almost every single category you'll find, and they really proved it last night. The Orange couldn't get an open look pretty much the entire game. It, w- it was really bad. Yeah. So, and congrats to the ETU then. You know, just like, go, going off, just, you, you mentioned Oregon State, but how about the Pac-12 this year? You know, mm-hmm. people were counting them out. People have been counting them out just in general as a sports conference. They're the weakest of the Power Fives. I think that's that's not not even a debate. Uh, and they, they've come in here and been utterly dominant, essentially. I mean, Oregon, USC, and Oregon State, all still in, and UCLA, yep. all still in it. Um, and I think they had another team in, um, that got eliminated. Colorado won a game. Colorado, yeah. right. Uh, but And their game was an incredible win over a team that a lot of people were picking to win their first round. Right, yeah, that was the popular 5-12 upset. Yeah. So Pac Pac twelve has been incredible, and unfortunately we're not going to be able to see four of them in the Elite Eight. We're only only three because Oregon plays USC today. Or or two. Uh, or two. Right. Or or yeah yeah we'll see two two or three. Because two of them play each other, so yeah. we'll see at least two. So but uh, Oregon State. Let's talk about that Oregon State game. Uh, I personally had Loyola Chicago winning, but I had them beating. Um, not Oregon State. I can't remember who I had them beating. <laughs> um, well, nobody it, picked Oregon State to get here. That's true. They nobody picked last in the Pac-12 in the preseason. Yeah, last. And and they they've played incredibly. It hurts me to say, as an Oregon fan, I don't want to support Oregon State, but they have played very very well. Um, and they've been, you know. They they they've played well. I didn't think this weekend they played their best game, but. They played well enough against what's probably the best defense in the league, in the league, and in, in the, all of college basketball, uh, against a team that you know a week ago held one of the best offenses to fifty eight points, mm-hmm. um, and put up seventy one on them. You know, Loyola Chicago just had one of the best games of the tournament last week against Illinois, and then come out here and shoot you know fifteen percent from three or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you the number right now. Yeah, go for it. Ugly. They shot 33% from the field and 21 from the from 21 the three point line. And, and that's it was just, worse than that in the first half. Yeah. And, and you know, th- this game started, I, I, I was enjoying at the start of the game when, you know, I thought it was hilarious how five minutes into the game the score was like 7-1, to 7-1 uh, to one Loyola. And then after that, really, like, they, they were up six, and then all of a sudden, like, a flip switched at Oregon State. And they um, all of a sudden just, like, you know, came back, tied it up, pulled ahead, never let go. And Loyola Chicago had their chances to win. They they stole the ball with down four with a minute to go and missed a wide-open three, had to foul, went down six, couldn't get out of that hole. So it was, it was an unfortunate end to what would have been a nice Cinderella story. I think they could be – they could have been a Final Four team. I had them. I, I thought – I thought no matter what happened in the Syracuse game, mm-hmm. as long as Loyola Chicago would have won yesterday, I thought they would have beaten either team. Yeah. Because, and, and you mentioned it, the way they played against Illinois, it was a truly a perfect, perfect game. Yeah, for sure. I And, and they were as good as you possibly could have been against a duo like Kobe Coburn and Ayo DeSumo. So I thought they had a great shot to get back to the Final Four. And Ethan Thompson basically said yesterday, no, it's not happening. Because he played the whole game, he scored 22 points, he was only one of two guys on the entire team to yeah. get to double figures, and he put the team on his back yesterday and just dominated. 
it. It was it was a honestly it was a good game to watch. I'm excited to see this Oregon State Houston matchup. I I I think it could be very very fun to watch. Uh, so that'll be that'll be next week. Right. No, no, that'll be no, that'll be Monday. Oh, are they doing it Monday? Yeah, I thought yeah, Monday. I thought they were doing it next week. My no. bad. So that, no, next week's the final four. Gotcha, gotcha. And then the other two games that happened yesterday. So you had Baylor, and Baylor, Baylor over Villanova. Over Bill over Villanova by eleven. Another game where both teams shot the ball really really poorly. I think that yeah they just did an all four. Baylor was, only made a, I think it was three threes the entire game, and they're one of the better three point shooting teams in the country. Mm-hmm. And yet they still pulled it out. Their defense was excellent. It was pre COVID stop, but Baylor defense because once they hit their COVID pause towards the end of the year, uh, their last few games they just really weren't at the same level they had played at early in the season. But you saw how good their defense could be once they're yeah. fully healthy and, and their chemistry's back. And then in the other game, this was the best game of the day yesterday. The Arkansas Oral Roberts game Ugh, came right down to the was, wire. That was such an incredible ending. I am so sad about it. I'll be completely honest. I I I, ha- I have no st- skin in that game, but man, it would have been so great to see Oral Roberts win. Yeah, it would have been. And by the way, that shot, that last shot by Max Asmus. Yeah. I thought it was online and going in, and it just clanked off the rim, and that was it. But. They had a perfect chance. They got a great look with three seconds or so left. They had to go the whole length of the court, and Aismas came down the down the sideline and got a really good look off out of three. If it went in, they would have won, and it just didn't fall. But great run by Oral Roberts. I mean, we can't stress it enough how hard it is for a 15th seed to beat a number two, to beat a second-round team, and then to play a number three seed in Arkansas. And keep it close. You know, bring it, it down to the wire. This is a team that... They, they, they're only invited there because, you know... They won a conference. Exactly. They, they were the fourth team in the Summit League. Yeah. In, in, the, in the regular the, season. These, these are my favorite teams to watch uh, win games. I love it when these teams win games. Because, yeah, they're, they're nev- this is their shot at glory. People are going to be remembering this at that college for 20 years. You know, they're going to be riding off of that high. And who knows if they're ever going to be making another March Madness tournament. Probably Probably not. not. <laughs> But just like the stars all aligned, uh, they they had a great run, and even they they had a great game. You know they they held Ar- Arkansas, who has had some like they Arkansas has pulled it out. They've been on uh, upset watch all three weeks. You know they, they were down big in every game. Yeah, they they they've been down big against teams that have not been as good as them. But I think the bigger story is Arkansas. I. Personally, I don't think anybody saw Arkansas in the Elite Eight. Oh, no, they were, they were pretty popular. I mean, they they're, were a three seed. They're a three seed, but at the same time, you know, they're playing probably the best. Uh, they, they, they started with one of the best, one of the more popular upset picks in Colgate. Okay. And then, you know, in in an ideal world, this would have had to been a matchup against Ohio State, a two seed. Uh, I can't remember who they played in the in the round of 32. But, you know, they... they I, I just... I'm I'm a little surprised, honestly. I'm not. I mean, they got, they got a good team. Uh, Moses Moody's really good. Smith's really good. Both those guys were, were very good yesterday. Yes. And, oh, and, right. They played Texas Tech, who they beat by two. Right. And then the reason they won the game yesterday, I'll tell you right now, Aiden. You could see towards the end of the game, like the last eight nine minutes or so, which team was a Power Five team and which one wasn't. Yeah. Because they were physically dominating the game, and all their baskets. Came much more difficult. Uh, seem seem much more difficult than the ones that Oral Roberts was getting. Their offense didn't flow the same way. But Jalen Tate had 22 points yesterday. Led led the Razorbacks. He was getting whatever he wanted when when Max Asmus was guarding him. 
they were getting every single offensive rebound and getting all the loose balls. You could just see physically there's a difference between a Power 5 team and a non-Power 5 team, and that's why they won. They're just bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic, even though the Oral Roberts offense was clicking at a far higher level, and they were getting pretty much whatever they wanted at the same time, but it just they couldn't hold on because they couldn't yeah. rebound and they couldn't. They just couldn't hang with him physically. Yeah, 40, 40 minutes, oh, sorry, with, with 14 and a half to go in the second, Oral Roberts was up 48-39. Right. You know, they, 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 were, they were even holding on to that lead pretty pretty well and then just, just couldn't make it the whole way, unfortunately. Yeah, well, Arkansas made one three the whole night. Yeah. So it just Disgusting. goes to show you that like, there's a difference between the two schools just size-wise and, and all that. So. so that was yesterday, and then there's four more games today. you got Gonzaga on, Michigan's on. Uh, there's quite a few good games later that that'll be on later. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for today's games. Do do we want to preview them a little bit or? Uh, we can for a minute, I guess. Yeah, let's let's go quick. Uh, Creighton Gonzaga. Do we need to say much? more? I don't think Gonzaga? we need to say much more. It's Gonzaga. Yeah, they're gonna kill them. Uh, this is one of the best college basketball teams ever assembled. Yeah. I think. I um, I think this is their tournament to lose. You know? Yeah, I agree. And I, so I've been taking um, narratives and sport documentary with uh, Professor Loop this semester. And every single time we hop onto the Zoom, uh, we talk about March Madness, and somebody mentions, oh, Gonzaga's really impressive, and he goes, they're not going to win. There's no way. This is, the, the, it's happened once since 1976. Uh, that was the last time. Exactly. Or, like, that's what I mean. It's, like, 1976, the last time it happened. And I, every time I hear that, I'm like, okay, sure, but are you telling me that this team isn't as good as that 1976 team? You well, know, you can debate that, but what I'll tell you is their offense it's, functions at a level that no other team in this tournament can even touch. Yeah, it's it's one of the it's one of the best teams I've watched ever play college basketball. Yeah, me too. I don't watch a ton of basketball, but it, it's it's, it's a good. They watch. don't even look like everybody else. Their their offense functions completely differently. Yeah. So then you got Michigan, Florida State. This is my favorite game I think of the day. It's a, it's a good one. It's a it's a one versus four, which is always nice to watch. Um, personally, I have Florida State winning. I don't think Michigan has the depth right now. Liver's still out. Right. Um, but I don't see it as an easy win for either team. No, me neither. And I don't believe in either of these teams to be national title contenders, just oh, personally. No, me neither. But, yeah, this game should be close. I, 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 I'm with you on that. Uh, we got UCLA-Alabama. I, I, I'm also... Basketball, maybe. Truly, yeah. Uh, you know, no team except, I think, Florida in 2007 is the only team to ever win national championship in football and in basketball in the same year. They were Tebow, right? right? Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. And so maybe maybe we'll see a second this year. I have Bama winning this, but I, you know, all honesty, I had UCLA losing to BYU in the first round. So I didn't expect that to see them here. Well, it would be really impressive if UCLA won, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because they played in the first four games. So this true. could be their fourth win. Yeah, in a row. Everyone else is going for three wins. This is this would be their fourth win to go all the way to the Elite Eight. So and and against impressive teams again. Right. Uh, and then lastly, my personal favorite game of the night: Oregon oh, USC. Right, I, I love Oregon. Um, they, I, I'm I'm so excited to see that. Nobody expected Oregon to beat Iowa. Um, I think that that was one and of the bigger. Just beat them too. They they throttled them. Yeah. Um, I think that was one of the bigger upsets of last week, uh, the round of 32. Uh, so, again, I'm excited to see that game. I have Oregon winning. What about you? I think I'll take USC, but I could see Oregon pulling it out. U- oh, USC is, is favored. Really USC is favored. Yeah, and they should be. And they should be. So. Evan Mobley is really, really good. And they're playing really well right now, USC. So yeah. I would take them in a close game. 
but I can see this one going either way. The only game that I'd probably lock in right now is Alabama. I, I, just, I can't see UCLA winning that one. Yeah. I just can't, but who knows? And maybe Gonzaga, too. But but even so, you know, like, the history is against the undefeated teams. So That's true. That's true. I'm not I'm not fully counting out Creighton. Uh, I'm just heavily, heavily favoring Gonzaga as the line shows. They're favored by 13.5, and, and that's over a five seed. Like, that's not over, like, a weak, weak team. Right. That's over a team well, that deserves to be here. You know they've played only one game that finished within 10 points all season, right? Gonzaga? They had yeah. one game that they didn't win by double figures. Uh, and who was that against? I, I, can't, uh, you, I don't expect you to right know. Now. Maybe Iowa? I can't remember. Let me they played Iowa early in the season. Yeah, it was. But they've only had one game the whole year. I know that. Uh <laughs> oh my god. They 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 had some massive wins. They put yeah, up a hundred points a couple times. They lead the lead the nation in in scoring too. So they are an elite, elite offense. They are. And they have so much depth too. They they Iowa they beat Iowa by eleven. Okay, so what was the game they played with the uh, oh West Virginia. Eighty seven eighty seven eighty two. Okay. okay. Every the every only close game they played the whole year. Yeah. And they, they would have played Baylor, but that one got cancelled. That would have been a fun game to watch. Okay. But, alright, so uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will discuss the NBA trade deadline. BIC Radio is the voice of Ithaca College. Here's a campus organization you can get involved in. Want to help bring a little more love to your campus community? I see Random Acts of Kindness Club meets every Monday from 8 to 9 p.m. in the Business School, Room 104. Stop by to socialize, participate in fun events, get creative, and be kind. For more information, please email randomactsofkindnessic at gmail.com. Want to get your organization's message on the air? Email community at vicradio.org to connect with the Campus Community Involvement Director. Hey, everyone. Welcome back here on Agree or Disagree. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the NBA trade deadline now and the buyout market. So yesterday was a really important day uh, in the NBA, and, and two significant names decided to sign with championship contenders. So first, we'll talk about LaMarcus Aldridge as he decided to join the Nets to join their superhero team, because I think we're past the super team. Can we talk yeah, about it being a superhero team? And then we got Andre Drummond. It looks like he's going to join the Lakers to be their new starting center. We're not finalized on that yet. He hasn't signed a contract or anything, but it has been widely reported that the Lakers are the heavy favorite and unless something changes massively today, he's going to become a Laker. Most likely, so two yeah. big buyout names that were signed yesterday, and then we'll talk more about the trade deadline, which was on Thursday. So go ahead, Aiden. Yeah, so uh, we'll, let's start with Marcus Aldridge. Um, yeah, I can't exactly blame Drummond for wanting to sign with the Lakers. They need a center right now. Yeah. So, but I can definitely blame Aldridge for wanting to sign with the, with the Nets because that is clearly nothing more than let me come here to sign a ring. And that is one of the worst things I think a player can do in sports. You know, just going to a team that's clearly better than everybody else, not because you think you can improve them, not because you want to build up this team, not because you're even going to start. He's not even going to start. He's not even going to be the sixth man, like you said. Um, Probably not. I would give it to Blake Griffin. Yeah. So, do the Nets need him? No. Uh, Does he need the Nets? No. The only reason he's going here is so we can get that ring, so we can be on a championship team. No other reason. And it's so painfully obvious, and it just makes me so mad that a team, one, a team would do that when, you know, they're miles ahead, talent-wise already, of every other team in the NBA. 
but also that, you know, a player would be willing to do that. A player would be willing to sacrifice their morals almost. I, mean, I know it's not that bad, but a, a player would be willing to sign with a team that they know doesn't need them over teams, you know, that are probably willing to pay just as much. Uh, he's making nothing to go to the Nets. Yeah. He's on, he's on a minimum deal. Yeah. Team, teams would pay more. Uh, or, you know, and, and sure, you're not going to be guaranteed a ring, but you could go You're about to, as guaranteed as you possibly can be. Yeah. You, you could go to any other team. You, there were plenty of contenders that would want a player like Aldridge right now. Now, look, I'll say this, though. I understand why the Marcus Aldridge wanted to go to Brooklyn. They're obviously the favorites. We've discussed that a hundred times on the show. And he's in his mid-30s. He's on the back nine of his career, obviously. He's never been to an NBA Finals. I don't even think he's ever been to a conference finals at this point. I have no idea. And he's, no, he's, he, he, I don't think he's ever been. And he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. This is a guy who's been a phenomenal player since 2006 when he was drafted. So I understand him wanting to at least get the experience of being on a championship team and, and going to the finals. But it's just, it is, it is unfortunate. And, and if you look at the roster with the Nets, six guys who have made it to previous All-Star teams over 40 combined times. You got Durant, you got Irving, you got James Harden. Both of those, all three of those guys have made it numerous times. Blake Griffin's made it, I think, six times. Aldridge has made it, I think, six or seven times. And then DeAndre Jordan made it once, but he also made it onto an NBA All-NBA first team a couple uh, one year and then made it onto All-NBA teams a couple other times. So this team is loaded. And then on top of all of that, Joe Harris, 15 points a game. Nick Claxton having a terrific second season. Bruce Brown having a terrific third season. Uh, Luau Cabro having a nice year. And who knows if, if Spencer Dinwiddie is going to come back for them at some point. And Jeff Green, who's having exactly. a phenomenal year. And th- this is almost like, you know, the Bucks last year, the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, not the Milwaukee. It's, it's so, like, if they don't win the championship, if they, if, like, I think even if they, like, take it to seven and lose, like, it is an, it is an absolute and utter failure. No, they have no excuses. Yeah. If this team does not manage to win in five games or less, in the in the championship, I will consider this season a failure for the Nets. Uh, I, not really. I I, I will. And it, they they they've assembled what might be the greatest team ever, uh, in the NBA. Like one of the best super teams. Um, you know, three three of the best players in the league right now on one team, plus three other guys that are, you know, stars or superstars. Plus a handful of great role players. And a handful of great role players. And that's just you. You can't compete with that. No, you can't. And, and let's look at their competition, too, because this is interesting. Mm-hmm. So you've got the Clippers, who just needed to trade for Rajon Rondo because they didn't have a point guard. So they've got their issues. The <laughs> Lakers currently have their two stars with uh, a, a, uh, an issue with his, with his Achilles. And then another, LeBron James, has one ankle right now that functions. Uh, you've got Milwaukee. They can't seem to get everything clicking because they've been struggling the last couple games they've lost. Uh, but they were pop before that. But still, they're not. They, they've lost in the playoffs each of the last two years. And Philly, who can't keep their stars healthy, were a disaster last year. And who knows what they're going to become playoff time. That's their competition. And don't don't forget, don't count off the Jazz. Don't I'll count off the Jazz. Right. And, the, and the Jazz, who have proved nothing in the playoffs before. That's true. So, yeah, exactly. so that's their competition. So they've got six guys who have made it to All-Star teams. And those are the teams that they're probably most in competition with to, to win the title. Yeah. It's crazy. They, they should cruise. They, they really should. The, the, one, the one thing is... You know, even with all this Aldridge signing, what what their still glaring weaknesses? They don't have defense. 
make, well, but if you score 130 points a game, what does it that's, matter? That's true. If you score 130 points a game, it doesn't matter. That's what but they do. Any team can score 131 points if you're not trying to stop them. You know, we've seen the Nets have lost to the Wizards. You know, we've seen the Nets lose to, 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 to bad teams, and a large part of that, whenever they lose, it's because uh, either they just get outscored in a shootout. Well, they don't guard anybody. Or it's because they, um, it's because they just you know, get shut down, and it's 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 even crazy to see the amount of close games that they've had against bad teams like the Pistons. Well, but, but hold on, hold on. But that's because Durant's been out for a month. Okay, true. And Irving Irving was out for that Pistons game that you're mentioning. So that was Harden and. And, still, and Blake Griffin was there, but know, that was it. Losing to the Pistons by two, losing to the Wizards... I'm uh, sorry, beating the P- Pistons by two, beating the Wizards by seven, uh, beating the Knicks by five, you know? like but that's not with the full team. E- even still, like, even when they have the full team, like, they've been winning these games by close margins. Yeah, I'm not going to buy that, though. Because, and I'll say this, too, and, and you know this with, with the NBA playoffs, once it comes around for big games to happen, you know that guys lock in and lock down. We've seen it so many times before. And so if the Nets can just flip that proverbial switch and when they get to the playoffs, be the team that I think everyone expected that they were going to be, both on offense and defense, they'll be fine. They're a bad defensive team right now, but they do have guys who are capable and willing defenders. When it it comes time to it, Durant will defend. Irving, even though he's not a good defender, he'll at least try. He did it in Cleveland for all those years. Harden is a good defender when he puts the effort in. So they will be able to get stops on teams. Now, they won't get a lot of stops, but they'll get enough stops, and they'll be able to outscore you. And with their shooting ability and the ability to get to the basket, they have so many options on offense that other teams just don't have. Mm-hmm. And even Aldridge, I mean, he's at the, at the uh, twilight of his career. He's still averaging, like, 14 points a game this year. He can still shoot the ball from the three or from the mid-range. He's still a terrific post player. So even when the first option breaks down, they've got a second option, a third option, the fourth option, and a fifth option pretty much all times, at all times on the floor. Yeah. And, and that is going to really help them out. And there, are, there is no other team in the league like that. Even the Lakers, you know, getting Drummond, he can't shoot the ball. He's got his issues with the post game. There's plenty of issues with Andre Drummond. There's plenty of issues with the Clippers. They don't ha- really have uh, much at point guard. They're the lowest scoring point guard team in the league. Uh, the Bucks. sometimes they miss a lot of threes, and we know Giannis can't make a shot from the perimeter in the playoffs. We've seen it for the last couple of years. Every other team around the league has a flaw on offense, or at least something that they're not, they don't have the same depth. Brooklyn just has so many options, and, and that's going to serve them well when it comes time uh, for the big games. And, and they will defend, and they'll be fine, and they'll win the title. Yeah. I, will say, I, I don't, I don't want to count out the 76ers entirely because we've seen what they can do when they're fully healthy, but I think that's a team that could take the net seven uh, well, they match in, up in the conference the finals. They do, yeah. Uh, they, they, they could take them seven in the conference finals if that if it comes down to that. But, you know, right now I'm more worried about whether or not the Sixers can, you know, make the conference finals because they, they, they have struggled without both of their stars. When, when, when both or just when, when, when one of Embiid or Simmons is out, they are not a particularly great team. No, they're not. And they lost last night to the Clippers yeah. without Embiid. So. And Simmons was, a, was fouled down in the fourth quarter. So. Yeah. So I'm excited to see the rest of the NBA, but let's talk about the trade deadline. Let's talk about the biggest trades that happened and, of course, the biggest trades that didn't happen. Right, so we'll start with Kyle Lowry because that was the one that, that didn't happen. That was the one that didn't happen. And that 
shocked me, honestly. Like, I was just refreshing my page, the, like, the last 10 minutes. I was refreshing Twitter, waiting to see, like, Lowry has been traded to the Heat or the Lakers or whatever. Um, but nothing came. No, it didn't. Again. And I think the main reason for it, and I don't necessarily know if this was the right choice by any of the teams, although I do tend to side with Heat on this, I guess, more. They couldn't make a $30 million trade work because that's how much money Lowry makes. You have to be within a very close number to that if you want to send the money back. And it's hard for teams to come up with $30 million that you can just send over to Toronto that makes sense for you to keep your depth, keep your star power, all that. So we know Miami didn't want to trade Tyler Hero, and I get why. He's a 21-year-old stud. The Lakers apparently didn't want to trade Talon Horton Tucker. I get that. He's a 20-year-old stud. And I get for the Lakers they didn't want to trade Dennis Schroeder and KCP and lose all their depth. So I understand that. But at the same time, even though you might be losing a lot if you want to trade for Kyle Lowry, this guy's a champion. This guy's a six-time All-Star. This guy's one of the best point guards of his era. I mean, he's, the, he's, the best, he's the best player, arguably, in Raptors history. He, no, hands down. You know, it, he is the face of the Toronto Raptors. He is, he is incredible. And he moves the needle for you. He 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 would yeah. have changed the championship picture had he been traded to the Lakers. I I I wish the Celtics would have would have tried to get him. I would have willingly given up Kemba to get. Uh, they're, not, they're not making that trade. No, I know, but I would have willingly done that. Not obviously, it wouldn't have been you know a straight up Kemba Kemba for Lowry. Would have had to throw in a couple picks and maybe a bench player. But you know, any any team that gets him, anything that's currently in the playoff picture, you know, they they jump up three seeds. Just, just by getting him. Yeah. And in the playoffs, he's so big because he can do everything. He can shoot the ball. Uh, he can he can run your offense for you. He can shoot. He can defend. He's a great rebounder. He's a terrific leader. He's one of the best leaders in basketball. And he contributes to winning, and he goes about it in the right way. So that that's what I would say about Lowry. It was a little bit shocking that he didn't get traded. You're right. But if it just didn't work with the money and, and sending over young pieces, I, I understand yeah. why Toronto held on to him. And by the way, he did say recently that Lowry wants to retire as a Raptor. So if he's thinking about this being maybe his last year, he's only got another year or two left, he could either just go elsewhere, come back to the Raptors later and retire there for his last season or sign a one-day contract, whatever, or he could just stay and close out his career there with the Raptors for as long as he wants. So he's got a lot of options. It's just a matter of now, can Toronto make it work with him long-term, or will he go elsewhere and and will he try to win a title uh, with another team? We'll see how that goes. But happy for Kyle Lowry that he gets to stay in Toronto when he's home. And before before we get into the actual trades, it's the the one other big non-trade I think Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Uh, there there were talks. You know, last season there were talks about oh, Lonzo Ball might 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 be traded this season. Who knows? Uh, and he didn't. And there are a lot that surprises me a little bit because there are a lot of teams that were in the market for him. Yes, uh, were the Knicks, the Clippers, the I think the Celtics a little bit were in that market. The Bulls, I want to say. Bulls were definitely in there. Um. The Mavs, free, too. Free boost of a trade, I should say. And just, you know, I don't know what it was, whether it was nobody was... It, it, was it the, the trade talks were fabricated and nobody really wanted Lonzo? Or did the Pelicans just want a little bit more from these teams? Because Lonzo... I think Lonzo, it was neither of those. I think, the, I think the Pelicans decided that they wanted to keep him. They Lonzo wanted to around. keep him. And here's why. Lonzo's a good player. He does a lot of things well. He has his flaws. He's definitely got his issues. But he's a good role player. And he fits pretty well with Zion and Ingram. Agreed, yeah. So now the question is, he's going to hit restricted free agency in the summer. He can either sign an offer sheet with another team, or he can stay if 
um, if New Orleans decides to match or, or make him an offer and he signs it. So they have his rights no matter what, if they want to keep him around. And the question is, what's the market like for Lonzo? Is he get $20 million per season? Like, what, what is he going to get in free agency? And if the Pelicans think it's an acceptable offer and they can match it, or they can just keep mm-hmm. him around regardless of another team, then they'll do that. If not, they'll let him go and it's okay. But they didn't have to trade him now because Lonzo may have a future with the Pelicans. There's no guarantee there, but he may have a future. And I think they thought it was worth going into the offseason with that situation still on their hands with the ability to keep him around if they yeah. wanted to. And I will say, here's, here's my hot take. I think Lonzo, when he retires, is going to retire with at least four rings. Uh, maybe, may, maybe more. And I say this because he is, he is basically Rajon Rondo. He is like that same exact type of player. He can open lanes. He can, you know, shoot when he needs to. But all he really is ever going to be, and this is a, like I think this is a great thing to be. All he's ever really going to be is that guy that comes in at the trade deadline to turn your team from, you know, a contender into. The contender, like like playoff Rondo to playoff yeah, Lonzo, that kind exactly. of exactly. It's going to be the, the the guy that you bring in for the end of the season, just just because you need that extra role player. Just I think because, Lonzo's more than that. I, I I think he's better. I think he's he is better than that. But I think that is going to be the role that he plays in his career. Maybe. And because of that, he's just going to end up with ring after ring because he's going to be brought in by these championship contender teams, play a season with them, head somewhere else. Could be. I, I don't he think he carve a career out of that. I don't I guess. know. I don't know if he's ever going to be getting like a long term contract. No, I think this summer he will. I think he'll get one, but I don't think he'll he'll play. He'll, he'll last. He'll, I don't think he'll. I, I don't think That's he'll true. play it out. All right, let's let's talk about the real trades. You mentioned Vucevic. That was the big one. The probably one of the biggest ones. That was the one that started us off too. Right. On trade deadline day. Uh. So remind me, what did what did the Magic get back? For so Vucevic? the Magic got back a couple of picks. They got back Wendell Carter. Uh, Otto Porter. Otto Porter. They got back. The the main. Uh, the main piece here is Wendell Carter and the, and the picks. Uh, Wendell Carter's a good player. Vucevic is a great player. Mm-hmm. And he goes back to Chicago, and that's really where we'll talk about this. Him and Zach Levine are going to be an epic duo. And they're, the, they're going to be awesome together. The Bulls are the Bulls are currently in place for the, play, the play-in game. And they, they look like a playoff team. And they right do. Now. On paper, because they've got some good guards. I really like Thomas Sadoransky. I love Levine. Like, they're, they're pretty good at, at the guards. But Kobe White's pretty good. They're, putting then, up, they're also putting up more points per game than, let's see, the Heat, the Celtics, the Hawks, the Knicks, the Hornets, and the Bucks. And their offense just got significantly better. Yeah. People don't really know Nikola Vucevic because he goes under the radar. He's not really a talkative guy. He played in Orlando, small market. This guy this year is averaging 24-12. and 12. Yeah. He's having an unbelievable season as a center. And this guy can knock down shots. He's a terrific passer, one of the best in the league as a center. He's a phenomenal rebounder. He can score down low. He can really do everything. And he's a willing and capable defender as well. So he'll join the Bulls. He played last night. He played pretty well in his first game there. And him and Levine together, that, that is an epic scoring duo. And you know what's crazy I heard about this too? What? You think of the Bulls now as like this perennial losing team? Yeah. Only one of seven teams in the league now to have multiple All-Stars from this past season. So they, they have a great duo. And if you, if you put the right pieces around them, and Billy Donovan's a good coach, if they can put the right pieces around and make it all fit, this is a team that could win, not not a championship or anything this season. Definitely, but they not could this be a season, playoff team and, and give somebody a scare in round one. Yeah, they, and then in next year and the year and the years uh, years after that, they could really be one of the elite teams in the East. Yeah, and and here's the biggest thing that I think: um, Vucevic got traded essentially for nothing. They didn't get a they, bad haul. It, it wasn't, wasn't it wasn't a bad haul. Wendell Carter's a good player, but you know, all things considered, I don't love this trade for the for the Magic. Um, I don't think Wendell Carter is enough. 
to to fill that void. And yeah, they got a couple picks out of it, but you know, picks aren't guaranteed. You know, picks are picks are picks are risky. You you could you could end up with the next superstar. You could end up with an absolute flop. And so, I I I don't. I, I trust that this was the best offer the Magic were getting, but I'm disappointed that, you know, there were there were other teams in the mix for him that that, that dropped out. Especially you know, I'm a Celtics fan. I wanted the Celtics to get him. Well, that's so Boston to be in on him and not get him. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. It and, just happens every time. You know, we ended up with Fortier and that's fine. He's good. He'll be he'll be a good player, he'll help us. But now he's in the COVID protocol, so who knows what's going on with that. Um all right, let's talk about the other big trades. Aaron Gordon also so the Magic traded away three of their biggest they're three of their best players, if yeah. not their three best players. Yeah, probably. I don't know if you'd put. I don't know if you'd no, put Ross. Probably, probably their three best players. Yeah. yeah, their three best players, gone. So the Magic are basically giving up on the season, and building for the future. Yeah. Uh, which is understandable. They are currently in second to last in the East, and just behind a terrible, terrible Pistons team. So they gave up Aaron Gordon. They sent him to Denver. I love this trade. For I I love that trade for Denver too. Yeah. Me too. And and the reason is this. Last year in the playoffs, they got all, all the way to the conference finals, and one of the most important players they had was Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant came off the bench for them during the year. He got into the starting lineup in the playoffs, and he was great. He's an awesome defender. He could shoot the ball. He played really well off Jokic and Murray. And now he's in Detroit, averaging 25 points per game in his first season as a full-time starter, best mm-hmm. player on a team kind of, kind of guy. And he's having an unbelievable season. I'd vote for him for most improved player if the season ended today, probably. The thing is, the... Uh, the Denver Nuggets never replaced him. They just they just didn't. They didn't have the money to do it. They just didn't have the personnel to do it. Now they bring in another versatile forward. He's like six foot nine, Aaron Gordon. He's a great defender. He's super athletic. He can make threes at a high rate. He's a good scorer. He does a lot of things well, and he fits the Jeremy Grant role. So I think he's going to step right into yeah. the starting lineup and be their third most important player from the first game. And this all just take this takes a big weight, I think, off of Jokic's shoulders. Like I know they're not playing the same position. But Jokic is an incredible big man, but it it it's hard to be that guy when when there's no other big man, there's nobody else to even play center really. Uh, you you could put you well, could they, they put brought, they brought in Javale McGee by the way to for right, that I forgot about that yeah and and you you can now you can give you can give Jokic a breather you can give the ball to Gordon instead of Jokic uh, under the rim you know and that's going to be nice. Um, we're going to see some. I guarantee you, we're going to see some Jokic. Aaron Gordon pick and rolls. That's going to be very fun. few five four pick and rolls in the NBA today. But we will see where Jokic is the ball handler and throws lobs to his six foot ten athletic power forward. Aaron it's it's going to be it will happen. It's going to be a fun team to watch. And they're currently sitting where fifth seed, uh, and definitely not not. It's not impossible for them to move up. I mean, they're just no. They, they like, could be a four seed pretty soon. The Lakers they're, keep dropping. They're two and a half behind the Lakers and uh, three behind the Clippers. And so I'm not. I'm not counting them out. I, I think this could definitely improve them. They, they could be a top-four right. seed. The other big trade that happened was the Victor Oladipo move. Yes. And we'll talk about that. So Victor Oladipo, he was in uh, Indiana earlier this year. He was involved in the James Harden trade. He went to Houston. He was there for, I think he played like 20 games. He was pretty inefficient and didn't really care about defense at all on a horrible team. Now, I mean, What do you expect from the Rockets? Right. Now he goes to a team that he's always wanted to be on. He's talked about going to Miami for a while now. He gets to the Heat. And he got traded for, and I literally mean this, nothing. Nothing, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> he got traded for a pick swap, which doesn't, it's not going to equate to anything, because Miami's better than Houston, so it doesn't matter. 
And then they got Kelly Olenek, who's a nice veteran, I guess, who can just make threes. Like he's, as a, he's, as he's, good. Good. he's good. And Avery Bradley, who might as well just get bought out and join a contending team because he's a good defender and can make threes. This is literally one of the most lopsided trades for an all-star that I've seen in my entire life. And S- seriously. And, and if, you, if you, by the way, if you, what if makes you look it back at the Harden yeah, yeah. trade, so we'll point this out too. If you look at the Harden trade, the, the Houston Rockets ended up settling for all the Nets draft picks and all their pick swaps over the next seven years. And they could have had Karis LeVert and they could have had Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. And they decided to let those guys go to other teams in Indiana and Cleveland. And now they, they ended up getting Victor Oladipo instead of those two young studs from Brooklyn. And they just traded that guy that they just got as their main centerpiece from the trade and used it to get Kelly yeah. Olenek and Avery Bradley. So, essentially, so, right. James Harden was traded for, what, like seven picks? Kelly Olenek, Kelly Olenek, Olenek and Avery Bradley. That is an awful trade. Yep. Like, seven picks, great, sure, amazing. But and who knows if they amount again, to anything. Like, exactly, like I said earlier, picks are very hit or miss. You could be getting a superstar, you could be, you could be flopping. So, who knows what's going to happen with that. I think and that... And by the way, this uh, too... Not only did they not get Karis LeVert or Spencer Dinwiddie or Jared Allen, they also missed out on getting Ben Simmons because they could have easily made the trade with Philadelphia and taken their package. And even if like, even if the Rockets didn't want to build around Ben Simmons, because there's a possibility that maybe they didn't love him as much as other teams, at least if you have Ben Simmons, you can trade Ben Simmons at any point and get a massive haul back because yeah. Ben Simmons is a superstar. With Victor yeah. Oladipo, this is a guy who's been upset for two years, has been unhealthy for the last two years. He's really never been fully recovered from that injury he had a couple years ago to his quad. And now he gets traded for nothing. So you could have had Ben Simmons, and if you ever wanted to deal Ben Simmons, you get all an extra haul of first-round picks and young guys and whatever you want, and now you settle for nothing. So James Harden, as you mentioned, all those picks and pick swaps, Kelly oh, Olenek and Avery Bradley. That's so unfortunate. So unfor- like, I, 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 don't, I don't care about the Rockets. I don't particularly like them. But, oh, that is, that is awful. I feel bad. Yeah. Even I feel bad. And it, this vaults Miami right back into the top of the East now. Yeah, definitely. It's I mean, they're, they're sitting... And Victor Oladipo with Hero and Duncan Robinson. The fact that they kept Hero and Duncan Robinson... I know, the fact that they managed to, to keep, like, yeah. And, ta- and Kendrick oh. Nunn as well. So this vaults the Heat The right fact that they managed to keep anything... <laughs> I feel like I feel like they, they, they just kind of, you know, they called, up, they called up the Rockets and they were like, hey, so pick swap and Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley? And the Rockets were like, yeah, sure, why not? Not like not even expecting to get it, and the Rockets were just like, "Yeah, we don't want him." I mean, I just can't imagine that. Like, what, what was that phone? Had. What was that phone call like? I have no idea. What was Houston thinking? Like, were were they like, "Oh yeah, Kelly Olenek, this is going to be the new centerpiece of our team"? I don't know. He he he's he's, he's good. He's not a starter. No. <laughs> like he, he barely was in the rotation for Miami last year. When yeah. We were in the final. Exactly. So. All right. So let's uh let's hit let's hit a commercial break. All and right. We'll get to baseball. We'll we'll be back in just a minute. Uh, on VIC. VIC Radio is the voice of Ithaca College. Here's a campus organization you can get involved in. Want to help bring a little more love to your campus community? IC Random Acts of Kindness Club meets every Monday from 8 to 9 p.m. in the Business School, Room 104. Stop by to socialize, participate in fun events, get creative, and be kind. For more information, please email randomactsofkindnessic at gmail.com. Want to get your organization's message on the air? Email community at vicradio.org to connect with the Campus Community Involvement Director. We are back, and we are going to talk with uh, just about 
four days to go before opening day for the MLB. We're going to talk about baseball. I'm excited for this season, personally. Uh, I am hot on the Red Sox, which I know no one else is. But I'm also very, very excited to see the Mets. I've always, you know, had a little soft spot for the Mets in my heart. Um, so give, give me, give me a rundown. What do you, what do you think the Mets are going to be doing this season? Start with that. Well, they're going to be good. They're going to be really good for sure. Uh, I'm actually looking forward more to getting the news that the Mets have signed Francisco Lindor to a contract extension right now more than I am opening day, which is really saying something. But Lindor has just raked in the in the uh, spring training games in the Grapefruit League, and I'm hoping he gets his 300 million or whatever the the uh, contract ends up being. But they got to get it done before Thursday. So that's the first order of business before you play any real games. Once the real games start, they play Thursday night uh, at Washington, prime time on ESPN. And it should be fun to Grom against Scherzer. I'm really excited for it. I'm super ready for baseball to be back already. Oh, God um, yeah. But, but yeah, I'm just I'm happy to be a Mets fan right now. This is a great time to be a fan of this team. We've talked about it before. And Steve Cohen has done a great job, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be a playoff team this season. So we'll see how that all goes. Other news around the league that we'll get to. You can talk about your Red Sox in a minute. Uh, Luke Voigt, Yankees first baseman, out a while with an injury. He's oh, going to start no. the year on the injured list. Oh, so no. That's, that's, how he was how the, terrible. Oh, I know. You, you're so happy. The reigning home run king last year, and it means that Jay Bruce, the former Mets, actually going to make the team and probably be the starting first baseman <laughs> for the Yankees on opening day, which is just shocking considering they signed him to a minor league deal. Uh, other news, uh, Cubs option Nico Horner. Uh, to the minor leagues yesterday in a, another service time uh, manipulation deal, which really stinks because I hate when they do that, when those teams do that. But that's how it goes in the league now. Uh, so that's really like some of the big news around the league. But I just can't wait for baseball to be back. To see the Dodgers again, to see the Mets again, to see the Yankees again, to see... The Padres, too. The Padres. I, I, I want to see them. All these fascinating teams across the sport. There's a lot to unpack with baseball. And we'll see how it all shakes out once opening day begins on Thursday. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun, fun, fun season. Um, personally, I'm excited to see the Yankees do terribly this season. Uh, there have been a lot really? of reports. There have yeah. been there have been a lot of reports coming out that the MLB is gonna start cracking down more on illegal substances uh, uh, for pitchers. And so I'm excited to watch Garrett Cole get thrown out of a game. Stop it! <laughs> stop it! Stop uh, we it. all know he is cheating. We all know no, Garrett Cole not. is cheating. Uh, it is it is like not even up for debate. There's no way you increase your spin rate that much over two seasons. I'm sorry. No, um, that's what analytics do when you're in Houston. But okay. And and so so I'm excited to watch Garrett Cole get get caught and have his 2017 season again. Uh, but listen. Want to make some predictions? Sure, okay. sure. So go, go ahead. Make make your division predictions, and then we'll do the World Series. My division predictions. Yeah. All right. You know what? I'm gonna say it. Uh, AL East, Red Sox. Oh, stop it. It's happening. Um, Oh, wait, wait. Sorry, the standings on this app are looking really weird for me. Uh, it's not showing... Go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. <laughs> so I'll take the Yankees in the AL East. Uh, I think Tampa's going to be right there with them, and Toronto will be good too, but Yankees yeah. should win that division. Uh, in the Central, uh, I'm going to take Chicago, although I think Minnesota could easily end up winning the Central. That's a, that's a tough division, and Cleveland's pretty decent too. Uh, in the West, this is the toughest one for me. Because Houston seems like the team that you would just automatically pick, but at the same time, Oakland's good, and the Angels should be much better. But I'm going to take the Astros. I just I just trust that they have what it takes to get through a season, and hopefully they don't have the same amount of injuries that they had last year, like Justin Verlander. Uh, in the National League, I'm going to take Atlanta in the East. Sorry, Mets. I just That team is awesome. Uh, Central, I'm going to take the Cardinals. They're really good with 
Nolan Arenado now. And the West, obviously, I'm going to take the Dodgers. As my wildcard teams uh, in the AL, I'm going to take Toronto. And I'm going to take the Twins. Sorry, Tampa. Uh, after what you did in the playoffs last year with Blake Snell, I'll never trust you again. And in the end, I'm going to take the Mets as my first wildcard team. And I take the Padres as the other wildcard team. Those I like are my it. playoff teams. And um, by the way, we don't get the eight playoff teams like we did last year. So it's back to the yeah. regular five-team uh, five team, uh, thing with the wildcard game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, sorry. My my the the app I was using to look at it still has the um, the division that just like the grapefruit league oh, and the whatever. The uh, so I I have AL East obviously the best team in baseball right now. The Red Sox um, winning the AL East that was a joke just by the way. Um, I do have them winning it though. Uh, AL Central I'm going to I honestly I missed what you said. I'm I'm taking the White I said, Sox. I said the White Sox. Yeah, yeah. I'm agreeing with you there. And then AL West, I'm very, very actually interested to see it. And I'm going to go... I, 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 I'm going to go with what I want to see. So I'm going to go with the Angels. Oh, I would love to see them too, but I just don't think they have I, enough pitching. I don't know if they do, but that's what I'm going to pick because this is, this is more hopeful than it is uh, realistic for me. I'm picking the Red Sox. Okay. Uh, NL East, I think it's got to be... It's between the Braves and the Mets. Um, but I think the Mets did enough this offseason. I think the Mets have it. Really? I do, yeah. Uh, I think the Braves are better. I, I, I think the Braves are better, but I think the Mets are going to take the division. Okay. And sometimes, sometimes it just shakes out that way. Uh, Central, I, I think I agree with you. I'll go with the Cardinals. And then the West. That's the weakest division in baseball right now. Then I'll Central, yeah. Yeah, sure. they're horrible. Uh, the West is also tough. San Diego and L.A., both great, but it's got to be L.A. Um, and then my, my wild card teams, I'll take. Padres, the Braves, the uh, the I'll agree with you on the Twins, and then I think the Astros as well. So yeah, so the Yankees missed the playoffs. Yeah, uh, the Yankees missed the playoffs. All right, so who's your World Series pick? Are we both picking uh, the Dodgers. We ba- got it, right? Boston over Boston over LA once again. So so Mookie bets. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I realistically LA again. Yeah. I can see him repeating. Me too. And they're just so loaded. And even yeah. though Trevor Bauer's pitching really badly. Here in, in spring training, he has not pitched well whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Only maybe when he has one eye closed, he can pitch well. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, they, they, he had actually not pitched well at all as the prize free agency acquisition. Uh, but at the same time, they've got so much depth. I heard uh, Dave Roberts talking yesterday about their thoughts on, on what the rotation out of, out of spring training is going to be. Yeah. And you have like David Price, Tony Gonsolin. Like these are guys who would be on, uh, who would be top pitchers on most other teams across the sport. And they might not even make it as the fifth starter on yeah. the Dodgers. That's how much depth and talent they have. And, and, and I just want to say my thing about the Red Sox this year, uh, I think everybody, the reason people think they're going to be terrible is because people keep comparing them to the 2018 Red Sox team. And you can't that? do that. You can't compare this team to one of the best baseball teams, like, ever. You know, like that, that was one of the best teams to ever play. Uh but why are they comparing them? I don't know. Be- just because, like, you know, people are saying, oh, this team has, like, none of the pieces that that 2018 team had, so they can't be as good. Of course they're not going to be as good as 2018. You know? They were incredible. They had all these incredible pieces, and you, you, you have to start comparing them. You, you have to start looking at this team as a new team. Well, they're on a rebuild. Yeah. But why are you picking them in the World Series, then? I'm not, I'm not picking them doing okay. them. That was, that was a joke. Uh, but I do, I do think they can win this division because... The biggest problem for the Red Sox last year was a lack of pitching. They now have their two best pitchers back in Erod and uh, not Eovaldi. And Sale is going to be back soon. Right. Um, and they added Garrett Richards. Didn't they? And they added Garrett Richards. Right. Um, 
and Tanner Hawk looks really good, and he he's gonna be he's gonna be a good player for us. And you know, offensively we weren't bad last year, and we we've just gotten better. I think like obviously, uh, Verdugo is not Mookie Betts. Of course he's not, but he he's what we have, and he's playing well, and he's a good player. And I I just don't think it's I I feel like people are people are say comparing this team to the twenty eighteen team, and saying that's why they're going to be bad. And I don't I don't really like that that much. Okay, that's my personal feeling on it. All right, we'll do we'll do winners and losers in, in just a minute. We have like seven minutes here yeah. left. Uh, who's your MVP pick before we move on? Oh, honestly, it's tough. Go for both leagues. Oh, okay. Um, I I want to go. I think it's it's hard to pick in the in the AL. I think it's really hard to pick against Mike Trout. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with stick with all reliable and Mike Trout over there. NL, NL could go a lot the of NL places. NL feels much more loaded. Yeah. I. I think. I want I want to you know I want to make it I'm gonna make my bold prediction here. Okay. I'm going Nolan Arenado. <laughs> I think he has an incredible season. He's gonna slump a little bit at the beginning. Uh, his numbers, just because he's not playing at course, but I think he's going to have a really, really. So good you really season. believe that the Nolan Arenado outside Colorado guy is like a legit superstar? I do. Because I'm not. Totally I think he. Sold I think he. Yet. I think it helped being in Colorado, but I don't. I don't think he's just going to all of a sudden become garbage. You know? No, I don't think so either. But I'm not sure he'll be the same guy. We'll see. I don't know. He's still a study. I way. just. I just. I. I, I want to make my bold prediction because I have a feeling I know who you're going to pick. I know you have you have no idea I'm gonna pick. Oh, never mind. Mine's, I, was, I was just I was expecting. Who you think I think? I was expecting like Mookie, honestly. No, not picking him. Um, so in the AL, I get, I'll go with Trout too. I mean, it's hard to yeah, against him. The best baseball player, maybe. Yeah, there's, there's a few other guys I'd consider, like a Jose Abreu, maybe to repeat. Um, I I could see Abreu. Houston, I could possibly, see Abreu. like an Alex Bregman or, or somebody like that. But I'll I'll, I'll take I'll take Trout just because, you know, who 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 wouldn't pick him. And then on the NL side, I hate to say this, I think Juan Soto is going to win this award. I would love to see that. I know, I know, you hate the. Braves. I can't stand the Washington Nationals more than anything. They're oh, like sorry, the worst team Nationals. in the world. I cannot stand them. And we'll, we'll play them on Thursday night for the opening series. Juan Soto is incredible, though. Yeah, the Mets will play him to start the year out. But I mean, he hit three sixty or something last year. He's twenty. I think he's twenty two now. He's still so young. He's so unbelievably talented, and he has the best batter's eye of any of any hitter I've seen in my lifetime. So he'll draw a ton of walks, he'll have a lot of home runs. So I think Juan Soto is going to be the MVP. That that might be that that might be a better pick than uh, <laughs> than Arenado. He's just such a he's so talented, and if he didn't miss all those games last yeah. year because of COVID, and the Washington Nationals weren't so bad, he would have won it last year. Very he definitely, likely. definitely could he have. He had yeah. an unbelievable season. All right, we got about five minutes to go. So do you want to give your uh, your winner? No, you, oh, you sorry. Oh, all right. So my winner is uh, Minnesota Duluth men's hockey team. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, they. <laughs> so the longest game in men's hockey NCAA tournament history was last night, and Minnesota Duluth ended up winning. Uh, they there were a hundred and nineteen shots on goal, five five overtimes. That that is just absolutely crazy to me, uh, and th- this isn't this isn't a team you know when you when you think about I think, um, when when you think about like these big hockey programs you're thinking 
the Ivy League, you're thinking, you know, the Northeast Michigan, teams, Boston Michigan, University, Boston, yeah, yeah. Ohio State. Right. Uh, and to see a team like Minnesota, uh, not Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth, uh, that's, that's, that's impressive. And what did you say the final score was? Uh, I think it was three to two. I'm, wow. I'm trying to find it. saves. Um, and they, they beat, uh, yeah, yeah, three to two last night uh, over North Dakota. Wow. Um, and so that's, that's crazy. Uh, five to two is a, uh, sorry, uh, five overtimes is just crazy to me. Um, so yeah, that, that's my winner. Congratulations, Minnesota Duluth. All right, my winner of the week, I hate to say this, it's also a division rival, but uh, the, the Miami Dolphins. They, they did a really good job this, these last few days of making trades. If you guys didn't hear about it, they traded back with the San Francisco 49ers from pick number three in the draft this year to number 12. And then they traded back up, and they traded with the Eagles to go move up to number six. So they got a couple extra picks out of it, and they were able to slide into a position where they feel more comfortable about getting a first-rounder. So I don't know if you like the trade, Aiden, but I thought the, the uh, Miami Dolphins did really, really well. I, I agree. I, I do like that trade, actually. It's not like... I didn't love the second trade, I'll be honest, the one that they made with the Eagles. Um, but I do really like the trade that they made with the 49ers. I, at first, I was like, this makes no sense. Why Why are they doing this? They well, could have gotten Panay Sewell. Well, uh, here, here's, but, here's what they gave up. Uh, they gave up a third-round pick to the 49ers. Or, sorry, they, they, got, a, uh, they got a third-round pick and two first-round picks from the 49ers yep. uh, to get to move back to 12. And then they sent that number 12 pick that they had just gotten and a tw- and their own 2022 first-round pick plus a later pick in exchange for the sixth pick. So they did gain some extra picks there. They just moved up to the middle of the draft, or the middle of the top ten rather than outside of the top ten. Yeah. So, I'm, But I'm not sure what they're gonna, who they're going to take, though. Like, you can give me your opinion on it. I'm not sure. For, wait, sorry. For, for number the, six. At number six. You know, it's tough. I think they're, I think they got to be going for a wide receiver. Uh, like I, really? I, because, well, what what do they need right now? They don't need they don't need, they need an offensive line. A, I think they do. Yeah, but they have the perfect spot to get the best offensive lineman in the draft. Well, okay, so let's go through it then. So we know that the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks. Yes, I think that the Atlanta Falcons will pass on a quarterback, but they may take Panay Sewell. Exactly. And then and then five is uh, the Cincinnati. I Cincinnati, believe. Yeah. And, and, and they, they, would, they, would, they would take Panay Sewell. So there's available. a chance that the Dolphins could end up getting one of the other top tackles, like a Vera Tucker yeah. or somebody. But, but I'm not sure they're going to get Panay Sewell. It doesn't, right about it doesn't that. make sense. Like if you're if you're going for Panay Sewell, you stay at three because you it is most likely that one two are quarterbacks. Um, and but I can also see Atlanta going defense. I, I can could see also it, see but why, going but why take that risk? If Panay Sewell is your guy, why take that risk? Sure, Maybe he's not. If he's available, if he's available there, I think he take they take them. But I don't see him being available there, and so I think it's got to be. Um, I think they've got to be going receiver here. I think I think they're trying to get Jamar Chase. All right, maybe they are. All right, that is all the time we have for you guys. We will be back next week. We're going to be virtual next week, so we're going to have all four of the guys. But thank you for listening. Keep on listening to VIC and uh, have a great week.